Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I am here, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I've got with me right here, can you believe it, Janine Finney, the flip-flop CEO. Oh my gosh. Super, super excited to have you here, Janine. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yay. Well, let me tell everybody in case they don't know who you are, I'm, I'm going to read your bio over here. Janine has been married for 28 years. She has two daughters, two sons-in-law, five grandchildren that she absolutely adores. And she used to be the biggest skeptic on the planet about network marketing, but now she is the profession's greatest advocate. It's her passion to bring clarity to the best kept secret way to earn an income. The journey of her daughter and Janine having strongly opposing views about this business. I'm sure many of you can really understand that because there's probably some people in your family who are wondering what the hell you're doing, <laughs> right? But this ended up leading them to write two books about network marketing. The Flip-Flop CEO is a sassy girlfriend-to-girlfriend style book that was written for smart, savvy, professional women who would probably never consider network marketing because of their perception of what it's about. Does the Shoe Fit, her second book, so I've got both books here. The second book, Does the Shoe Fit, let's see, I probably showed the wrong one. Does the Shoe Fit, <laughs> there we go, is a sequel to the first book and helps bridge the gap in understanding between the two different worlds of traditional nine-to-fives and network marketing. So I want to thank you, first of all, for sending me the book so I could review them or at least delve into them a little bit before we, we had our interview here. So tell the story of what happened, how you guys got to this point that you actually wrote a book about being the flip-flop CEO. Yes. Well, we did not want to be authors. I think we are the only people on the planet that did not want to write a book. But because of our own experience, and our experience was my daughter absolutely discovered right out of college after getting a few nine to five jobs that she was not cut out for a traditional in the box kind of scenario. And so when she went to a presentation and discovered network marketing, she was so excited. She came home and told me about it and thought, you know, this is something we can do together. This was exactly what she was searching for. And she thought that I had never heard of it. And I had <laughs> heard of it. Um, right. I had had my own terrible experience over 30 years ago with the, the old bait and switch, being mm -hmm. invited over to someone's house for dinner and then arriving and seeing all these cars parked out front and going inside. And there were a bunch of people there and they were you know, drawing circles on the chart. And it was a business opportunity presentation. And I was really, really angry because I had been lied to. I had, yeah. you know, and I think people were used to be taught to do that. And mm -hmm. 
So my experience was so bad that I was stuck. I, I absolutely felt very strongly that I would never have anything to do with those people or that kind of business. And so it was a difficult time for Lori and I. I mean, she just could not understand why I was being so negative. I've never been negative, you know, to her about anything. Right. And so it was just, it was awful. And, and then when I finally did do my due diligence to prove her wrong and to prove that she was being very naive, what I discovered is that so much had changed and I was the one that was really wrong. And that experience has just made me so passionate about, I get why people feel the way they do. I I mean, I totally understand those feelings are valid when you have been lied to. And so all of this passion that I have for this and my desire to set the record straight for people and it just, anybody around me kind of says, oh my gosh, you've got to do something with this passion. So Lori and I were in a mastermind group at the time and the mastermind group gals said, you guys have got to write a book. And, you know, we both were just like, we don't want to write a book. And mm-hmm. they said, there's different ways to do it. And, you know, so we went in, in search of someone to help us and we knew exactly how we wanted it to be. We, we wanted to really appeal to the skeptics and the people that felt like I did. And so, you know, that's how we ended up writing the first book, The Flip Flop CEO. Yep, that's this one right here, guys, Flip Flop CEO. So I, I went through and read it and God, I love, first of all, the writing style was, you were not kidding. It is the sassy girlfriend to girlfriend conversation. Because I, I have to say probably the biggest obstacle that many of us had to overcome in the world of network marketing and direct sales was something that you addressed really early on in this book, which is a lot of people are saying, well, I don't want to sell to my family and friends, right? And in, in the book, is it okay if I read the, the one quote that I've, I've got like highlighted here and I dog-eared the page because I did not want to miss it? The stigma of network marketing doesn't come from people using their networks. It comes from people abusing their networks. So let's dig into that a little bit here because I, I think that's really an important... Un- differentiation to make between the two. So so let's talk about that. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I think a lot of people do abuse their networks without even really meaning to. I think a lot of people get into this business and they they don't know what they're doing. And so they just, you know, I, I think on social media, a lot of times people are just all over social media and and really not doing attraction marketing, if you will, or, or making themselves attractive. But, you know, another thing that I thought about when you were reading that is really what I used to think. I did think that it was about using your network. I thought that when people got into this business, they immediately were trying to get other people into this business because that's what you had to do for yourself. And what I discovered is that when you find the best kept secret way to earn an income, you find this different way to live life that is all about planning your work around your life instead of your life around your work. And you can have that kind of freedom and you can make, you can earn what you're worth instead of what you agreed to. Um, 
you want to share that with the people that you care about the most. I mean, you mm-hmm. don't want to talk to strangers. You want to you want to take it to those people that you really care about and that you really want to do more of life with and that you really want to just be on the same journey with you. And so that was a huge paradigm shift for me is understanding that it is not that person being about themselves it and and you know searching hunting for someone it's really wanting to share something wonderful but i think where it goes wrong is the way that it's done and i yeah. think so many people become just they they come across as being desperate and i think it's just so important for us to learn how to be really sincere and really care more about the other person. And I think a lot of people that comes very natural for them. And some do kind of go hunting. Yeah, no, absolutely. So as you were speaking, I, I definitely agree. What What's so funny is as you, you were talking about the family and friends piece of this. So I come from a history of entrepreneurs. So my father started his own business. Well, my mom worked at my dad's business. My sister worked at my dad's business. My brother worked at my dad's business. I worked at my dad's business for a period of time in college and shortly thereafter. We didn't give him trouble for inviting us in to work at the business. But yet, because it's network marketing, people turn their nose up at it and they think, how dare you ask me? (laughs) And it's like, if people understood that, the, the family aspect that you're able to have, you know, it just, it allows you to, to grow together if that's what you want to do. And, you know, I think it's just because you're, you're exactly right. It's just because it's network marketing that people turn their nose up at it. Exactly. And I think a lot of it stems from the people that have had the experience like I did, where I think network marketing used to be done a lot differently. I think yeah. you know, 30 plus years ago, For whatever reason, for one thing, I think there was more of a male mentality in the business part of it. I think the Mm -hmm. women sat in the kitchen and dealt with the products and the men talked about the business. I mean, I've actually heard that conversation at a a big network marketing convention that that is the way it used to be done. And I think that there was a just recruit anybody that's breathing, anybody with a pulse, (laughs) The mirror test. (laughs) If you put a mirror under their nose and it fogs, bring them on in. (laughs) And and I think the reason for that, I think it's one of the reasons that there's still the stigma is that we are seeing network marketing the way it's done today, where we've Mm -hmm. got the internet. We don't have to inventory products. We don't have to do all those things that they did 30 plus years ago. So, you know, when I went to that presentation, the person that was trying to recruit me, had I you know, said, yes, I might have bought a garage full of soap that I could, you know, have to sell. That person would have gotten paid their commission, whether I was successful or not. I could have been left with the garage full of soap for the rest of my life. And so I think the way that it used to be done, it maybe was more conducive to just a numbers game, just kind of throwing everything up against a wall and see what sticks. And that is what I think has given this perception of it being about anybody rather than really being a heart to heart conversation and having people really understand that you care about them. That's why you're wanting to invite them to be in the business with you. 
So I think there's so many dynamics that play into this that have created a really challenging situation to discern from the people that are that are outside looking in. Yeah, absolutely. And and when you're on the outside looking in, you don't have all the information. You just know what you see or what you hear. And most of what people hear, unfortunately, because the, the turnover rate in, in network marketing, according to the Federal Trade Commission, because that's where I do that, between that and the, the, the DSA, Direct Sellers Association, um, I get a lot of my numbers from them. But from the FTC, in five years or less, 90% of people who start in network marketing will be in and out of the business, right? So that's a whole lot of people who say it doesn't work. Exactly. And you know what? The thing that's so frustrating to me about those numbers is that most of those people didn't even know what they were had in their hands. Most of those people mm -hmm. kind of came in the back door. A friend said, come on, let's get into this business together. It was the blind leading the blind. They never really treated it like a legitimate business. And that happens all the time. And it's yeah. one more person that thinks it didn't work. And the truth is that they never respected it. They didn't respect or treat it like the real business that it was. Oh, I so agree with that. Because I used to have this conversation with my own team members when I was active in the business. You know, if you were to start a shoe store, well, first of all, you can't start a shoe store for 150 bucks, right? Yeah. Which is about the average starting price for any direct sales or network marketing business nowadays, right? You can't start it for 150 bucks. So first of all, there's that aspect. Secondly, the first person who walks into your shoe store, they don't buy a pair of shoes. You don't go, oh, well, that's it. Close my doors, lock them, send the inventory back. I'm done. I, they didn't buy anything. Nobody wants this. No, that was one person. They didn't need shoes. <laughs> But yep. the next person who came in was a mom who bought seven pairs of shoes, one for her and one for each of her six kids, you know, you just, but if you, if you had closed and locked your doors, you never would have known that. Right. So you do definitely treat the business differently based on the fact that, you know, it doesn't have a brick and mortar. You don't have a, a, a place, right? There's, there's very little investment, you know, because in a more traditional business, you know, as you mentioned in the bio, the traditional nine to five business, right? To start a business, the average cost is $10,000. Yeah. You know, so I, I think people think low investment, low cost, it's not that big a deal if I don't succeed, except the hit to confidence at not succeeding is huge, right? And now, like you said, there's one more person out there who says it doesn't work. Exactly. Yep. And that's why it's so important for us to educate people. I mean, I love, Jenny, that you and I had a conversation when we first met about a way to really educate people about this business in a box concept and, you know, mm -hmm. really having people respect this, what they have, and then choosing the business in a box that is appropriate for them. But you know, that's not the way it's done. Typically, people don't understand network marketing. They don't understand what they are holding. I mean, it is really like a virtual franchise that people mortgage their homes for. And right. because it's $150, you know, people don't respect it. 
and it's easy to get into and easy to get out of. But when people are educated and really understand what they have, then they will treat it differently. And mm -hmm. that is what I, you know, my, my deepest desire is for us to come together as network marketers and help raise the awareness of what an amazing business opportunity this is. And we're the ones that are going to need to do it. If we were in the business of, of having gyms that you go and work out at, mm -hmm. and if somebody were bashing all the gyms around and saying that people pay all this money and their bodies don't change, nothing happens, it's a scam. Well, you know, we all know that if you join a gym, you're not going to all of a sudden have a perfect body. <laughs> You've got to do more than pay the membership fee. You have to go and you don't expect to go in a week and all of a sudden have, you know, this perfect body. We know we have the right expectations. We understand. But if there were people out there that didn't understand and they were bashing all of the gyms and the concept of a place to go work out, it seems to me like they, the gyms would come together and like have some kind of campaign to raise the awareness of what this is. It's a simple concept that you can explain. This is building yeah. where you go work out. You pay for a membership, but you got to go. You know, if, if we could do that with this profession, we could change everything. But yeah. it, it, I don't know. We're not doing that. And I would love to see more of that happen. I definitely agree with that. That's that's one of the things from day one that I wanted to do with my coaching practice was through every client I work with, begin to change people's perception and belief in what network marketing, direct sales, multi-level marketing, all three of those terms, what that can do for somebody's life, for their business, you know, for their business, for their families, and have them see that because there, there was this one person who all of a sudden now was treating it like a business. They were hiring a coach and they were going through the learning process and, and tweaking and perfecting and getting better at the sales process. So it wasn't pushy, naggy, you know, kind of feel right? and sponsoring the right people to their team and, and having those types of conversations, because I think just having that shift, switching one person at a time, trying to change that perception one person at a time, it is going to, over time, if we have enough of us, you, Lori, me, and I know there's a million other network marketers out there who are, who really want to make a change in the perception. And, and part of the way to do that is through the book. So how do you recommend that people utilize the flip-flop CEO book and or its companion, Does the Shoe Fit? How, how can people use the book? Because reading it is just information. I so appreciate that question because what happened was when we wrote the book, the flip-flop CEO, we wrote it believing that once network marketers read it, they would, in the situation that Lori and I were in, where Lori came home, was so excited, and I wanted nothing to do with it. If she mm -hmm. had just had that book and could have said, Mom, it seems like we're talking about two different things. Could you just read this and let's have a conversation? Because it feels like something's wrong. You know, if, if, if she had had a tool that, that she could have used 
it could have changed everything. And we wanted to provide that tool. And so that's what we did. And we believed that network marketers would give the book to their mom or their husband or their sister or their neighbor or their coworker that didn't understand. And yeah. what happened to our shock <laughs> is that we sold a lot of books. A lot of network marketers love our books, but they read it and they, they use it almost as a, a teaching tool for, for themselves so that they can go and have a conversation about these objections. And the truth is that there's so many challenges with that because we don't know exactly what the person's objection is. There could be three objections or right. one objection, or, and we don't know if we're going to get exactly the right one. We may address the one that was our objection, but it may not be theirs. And yeah. the book does it for you. And we know that it's really smart to use the tool. Don't try to be the tool. And what happened is that leaders bought the books for people that just got into the business to reinforce the, their belief, which is wonderful. And it, and it does that. And it helps network marketers understand themselves because they need to understand. They may, may be that person that was drug in by their friend and they're not appreciating it. So truly it's good for that as well. But I think that we can create a paradigm shift. We can be the change we wish to see in the world and use this book to enlighten skeptics. And so the way that we recommend doing that, and it's very important, it's just like a lot of things in this business, it's the setup is really important and the ability to duplicate what you're doing is really important. So basically, if you ask, if you hand somebody the book and you ask them to read it, they're not going to read it. It's no. going to sit on a nightstand. It's going to sit on a coffee table. It's going to sit somewhere and it's not going to get opened. And I've had that happen even when I've sent books to people that I've had a conversation with and shame on me because I know better than that. <laughs> what you always want to do is treat the book like it, you know, is a million dollar book and, and you're not going to just give it to somebody that's going to sit it on a nightstand. The only way that someone's mind is going to be opened is if they open the book and read it. Mm -hmm. And I know from, from so many experiences that I've heard that when somebody that's skeptical starts the book and ends up at the end of the flip-flop CEO, they feel differently about network marketing. And so what you want to do is very specifically ask the person to do you a favor. And there is a bunch of different scenarios. And I even have notes about those scenarios if we wanted to um, include them with the notes from the podcast. So like what to say to a coworker, what to say to, you know, different people. But you know, I might say to you, maybe you're somebody that I just met and, well, I did this with my uh, doctor, my hormone doctor. Okay. She was always talking about how much she loved to travel. She was a very free spirit. I was thinking, how in the heck do you stand coming to this office every day? This is just not who you are. And I didn't know how to bridge the gap because she was my doctor and I, you know, it was kind of an awkward situation. So mm -hmm. I did a little white lie in this situation, but I just said that I'm part of a group and we're reviewing this book and I need someone that is already very successful, a successful professional to read this and give me your honest feedback on it. And what I need is just the first three chapters. So I need you to, it would take 30 minutes. Would you do this for me and, and kind of just read the first three chapters or if it's just as she fit, I have them read the welcome. And it'll take you 30 minutes. Would you do that for me? 
And most of the time, you can, you know, if it's somebody that you really admire and respect, you can say, I would like your feedback. You could say, this book spoke to me, but I don't know if it really would speak to other people. I need beginner's eyes. Would you give me your honest feedback? There's so many different things that you can say, but the important thing is to get the commitment for 30 minutes. And most people will do that. And then you say, and one more thing, could you do that in the next week? And if they say, no, I'm getting ready to go on a cruise, then say, okay, I'll just keep the book um, until you get back. Because you really want to be serious about it. Because otherwise, you will hand out books and you'll never get the books back. And the people will not have read them. And we will not do, we will not change the world. And so if you ask somebody to do that and they say they will, they will. And if they don't, which is what happened to me with my doctor, we agreed. I said, okay, can I call you back then next Wednesday at this time? Or I'll send you an email or whatever. And she hadn't read it. She said, oh, I feel so bad, but I promise, give me one more week and I will do it. So you've got them already in the mindset of they've committed to do this for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after she read it, she, you know, I went back to her and she said, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I have a friend that lives in Hawaii that's been trying to talk to me about her business for five years and I would not listen to her. And now I understand. And, and so in that situation, you know, I cared that she understands what network marketing is and that it's going to be a way for her to live the lifestyle that she wants to live. And if that's with her friend in Hawaii, then so be it. But it's one more person that respects this profession. So, you know, that's what you really want to do is just get that time commitment. You also want to find out what is going to work for them. So we have the books. The books are available in Kindle, paperback, um, Audible. The Flip Flop CEO is available in Audible and Does the Shoe Fit is getting ready to be an audible soon. Um, so ask them, you know, I asked you, Jenny, and I, and you said, I, I'm a book girl. I like to have a book. Yeah. I got to have the physical, like, like again, cause I got to go through and highlight. Of course I'm finding pages where I don't have highlighted, but I, I highlight passages. I write in the margins because when I'm reading to learn, I'm going to actively participate in the reading process because I'm very ADD along with quite a few probably people who are listening and watching this right now and are, are, are understanding. There are times when we can go through and reread a paragraph seven times and we still don't know what it said, right? Yeah. So I, I realize if I have a highlighter in hand, I, I can I can stick with it. But listening, again, sometimes my head just goes off in the world. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so figure out what they want. There's some people that say, I never have time to read, but I'm, I'm in the car, I have a commute or whatever, I mm-hmm. only do Audible. So, you know, you just want to find out what's going to work for them and then get the book to them in the way that's going to work for them. And my experience has been, even if you ask them to, for 30 minutes, Flip Flop CEO, they get all the way through it. They read the rest of the book because it's a simple, fast read. It is. Um, with Does the Shoe Fit, it's for whatever reason, it's a little more meaty. And I can explain the difference that so Does the Shoe Fit was really um, is a sequel. What happened was I did the same kind of experiment with 10 gals who would be wonderful business partners. They were all very successful, six figure earners already in various careers. And I said, I want you to read just the beginning of this book and I, I just need honest feedback. And they came back, they had read the whole book. They said, oh my gosh, I would have never thought of network marketing, but now I think, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. 
but I have questions like, how would I choose a company? How would I know if I would be good at this? I mean, mm-hmm. I've always been an attorney or a nurse or in corporate America. How would I know if my skills would transfer to this? And those are questions that are normal. When you come yeah. from a nine to five world, you think in terms of, does my resume fit this you know, profession? And so I realized that there was, there's not a book out there. There's a lot of great books, but each book should have, should fill a need and you need to, you know, you have this toolbox and you want to know which book to bring out for which situation. Does the shoe fit is really, it bridges the gap between traditional nine to fives and network marketing in very basic terms. But there's so many things that are so different that we forget about when we get into the business. I mean, working for a paycheck is very different than working for, you know, time freedom. And, um, it's just like the gym analogy that I used earlier. If, if somebody really expected to, to join the gym, that's all they had to do, or work out for a week, they would be very disappointed and quit. So it's really important to, to have the right expectations getting in. So Does This Shoe Fit is really, really good for setting up the right expectations. And, we, and it's really good for retention. I think for people to just set them up to to win, set them Mm -hmm. up to understand that this is different than traditional nine to fives. And it's also, does the shoe fit is really good for somebody that thinks they've tried network marketing and it's not for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I had a gal that I asked to read that book as well. And, and she was somebody that I thought would be ideal for this business, but she just kind of kept shying away from it. And I said, you know, have you had an experience? And she said, yeah, yeah, I haven't. It's, it's not for me. And I said, well, you'd be the perfect person then to give me your honest feedback on this. Would you read, you know, the welcome for me? She read the whole book all the way through. And she said, oh, my gosh, I totally get that I was not in the right network marketing company. She said, you know, yeah. um, my husband was the one that, you know, somebody from his work got him to go to this meeting. We joined this company. We were in for, you know, six months or so. Nothing really happened. So we got back out. And she said, I understand now that, you know, I was never fully engaged. I didn't know what it was. It wasn't, would not have been the company I, I would have chosen. So that is just, you know, it's really good for those people. And again, it's still the same setup you know, just asking them to read the welcome. Um, but they really do have different, they fill different needs. And I think a lot of people still don't even know does the shoe fit is in existence. It's, I think they kind of think it's like a different cover of the flip-flop CEO or something. So right. I'm excited to, to really get more people reading that and, and providing feedback. I, I love to hear what people think. I think it's a great idea because it, I can't tell you the number of times that in seven years that I was active in my own business, how many stories I heard of people who were like, yeah, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I, you know, I dabbled in this, right? First keyword dabbled, right? With another company that did another product and nothing happened, right? But then all of a sudden they're with the company that I was with and they are knocking it out of the park and they're like, I don't know what's different between then and now. And I was like, you weren't in the right place. You weren't at the right time. You, you know, it wasn't the right fit. It was, you know, whatever it was, this is something you're more passionate about. That makes perfect sense. And there were other people who I saw who came from my company 
did nothing and then went off to some other company and just all of a sudden they're like earning this, earning that. Like they couldn't even earn a commission check with my company and now they're earning trips and cars. And I was like, all right. That's when I started having that aha light bulb moment of there are people who are going to be great at this company, this business, and they're going to be people who are going to be better over here. And so I was always okay with someone telling me no, that they didn't want to join my team because I realized, you know, not the place, not the, not the right company, not the right product. And I'm okay with that. So then I would, I got to the point where my last couple of years, because I'd been in it so long and developed a huge network of people who were with other companies who I felt were competent at minimum competent, if not great leaders in their company and said, okay, are you opposed to, to, to direct sales or network marketing? Or is, you know, for me, it was, I was in a jewelry company. It was bling, just not your thing, right? That was the words that came out of my mouth is bling, just not your thing, right? And they'd say, well, I, I think it's, you know, I like the jewelry, but I, I don't want to sell jewelry the rest of my life. And I'm like, got it. So are you interested in the side income, right? Or possibly replacing your full-time income, if that's what you so desire, just with a different company. Because I know a bunch of other leaders, who would you like to meet, you know? And so I would occasionally introduce people because they'd say, yeah, I really do like the idea, but sling and bling, not my thing. Yep. <laughs> Got it. You know, and that's okay. It, I was perfectly okay with that. Because guess what? Now I developed a relationship with someone in the oils company or the kitchen tool company or the, the, the health and wellness shake company or whatever it was like the different people that I did end up referring possible team members to because they said, well, I think I like the idea of it, but I, I, I want to do something else. Yeah. And timing can be an issue too. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. it, it is timing, but I think I love what you're saying, Jenny. And I think that I wish more people would have that mindset of, mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we have a scarcity mindset in, in this business. And especially I think when we first get started and we, you know, we just think that everybody needs to be in our company. And I love that we all love our companies because yeah, these are cool companies. These are yeah. such cool companies and they do have a heart and they are so different than what we've experienced before. But they all, each one has its own culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you think about it, we don't all wear the same clothes or drive the same car or live in the same kind of house. We all, you know, we have our own version of what is the right fit for us. And we need to, we need to honor that and let people go where they're going to thrive and blossom. And, and so I love that you did that. And I know that's not the norm, right? Because, you know, too often I, I hear from somebody, how'd you get so-and-so on your team? Because I was talking to them about joining my, joining my team in the same company, you know, a few months ago. And I'm like, oh, they were at a party. We had a conversation. I offered it and they said, yes, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. They didn't tell me, <laughs> you know, but sometimes it's not the right leader, right? They, they weren't attracted to that person and not to say, Ooh, everybody should be on my team, right? Jenny Bellinger's team. No, it was, it just, it was a better energetic fit. And so there were times when I would tell my team members, you know, Hey, if they're, if, if through the course of trainings, cause my, my organization that I was a part of did a lot of co-trainings between different leaders and we'd, we'd go help each other out by training in areas where we weren't as strong. Right. So for me, 
interestingly enough, scheduling and blocking my time back in the day was not my strength, my strong point. So I'd bring in other leaders who were really good at that and teaching how to do that and, and build that time into your day and all that stuff. And I tell them, if you love so-and-so the way they train, the way they do go to them, right? That I'm totally okay with that because I was also willing to train their people in the areas where they weren't strong, you know, but I intentionally set that up with the leaders, had that agreement in advance because it really is what you, what you said at the very beginning of this conversation, it's about caring about the other person more than you care about what you get from the conversation, right? And by making sure that they're with the right company, the right product at the right time with the right leader, it's going to be a big, big difference, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to uh, add that you bring up such a good point. That is, again, one of the huge differences between this business and traditional nine to five is that we are so used to competitive atmosphere in traditional jobs. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're always, I, I remember I was in radio advertising sales for a short time and it was not a good fit for my personality. And I always had to look over my shoulder because people could, would be out the door with a lead to try to beat me to, you know, a meeting. And that is the opposite of how it is here. And I love that you brought up, you know, that you, you actually, you know, traded trainings with leaders and, you know, this is a business where we sponsor up and we want to sponsor somebody that's better than us, which is unheard of in, mm -hmm. you know, traditional jobs. So there's so many things like that that are so different about the way this business works versus what people are used to that really need to be explained up front to help them navigate the, this new territory. Yeah. Uh Love it. Oh my gosh. I feel like I could talk about, talk with you about this forever, but I know we want to make sure that, that the person who's listening and or watching is, is able to get this information. And I, I think we're going to have to have more conversations over time, especially once, because I'm going to be fully honest to the people read this one working, still working my way through this one. Right. Cause you were right. It really is a little bit meatier. And, and like I said, I, I'm not somebody who can just like sit down and like fly through a book, right? Yeah. It's really, I, I want to, to take it and, and begin to apply the information, what I'm learning from the get-go. So we, we are going to have more conversations. I know this. And, and by the way, you and your daughter are starting a podcast too, right? Yes. It's actually not my daughter and I though. It's oh, sorry. Yeah. One of the gals that's actually in, um, the flip-flop CEO, the last latest edition, newest edition of the flip-flop CEO. She is somebody that her story was featured. We feature stories from people that, and don't mention companies. The books are very generic. I should also mention that. Right. Um, and she actually had worked on the corporate side of a network marketing company and then bought a distributorship in that company. They could do that and then worked on the outside. So she's um, seen network marketing you know, from the inside and the outside and shares my passion for bringing clarity to what this business is and is not. I feel like, you know, I feel like the business gets bullied. And so I feel like we have to stand up for it. And so, yes, Laura Evans and I are starting a podcast called MLM You Decide. And it's uh, going to be really 
to help bring clarity to this misunderstood topic. And I, you know, discovered that there's a lot of negative podcasts out there. And oh gosh, yeah. You can find negative things about network marketing way too easily. And so we need to change that and really have it be a lot easier to when somebody's even Googling it, you know, Mm -hmm. not get all the bad stuff. We want to really bring up a lot of the positive side of the business as well. So um, that's starting soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, one of my, one of my business coaches, <laughs> she's often said, if, if you're not raising somebody's hackles, you're not doing it right. <laughs> you know, so it, and it just means, you know, you've got to have a passion for it. And, and absolutely. I think network marketing as an industry does raise some people's hackles, you know, and so this is a great way to begin to say, Hey, let's have a conversation around it. So I really want the listener to, to really you know, go out, look for MLM, you decide, because by I know, I'm sure that by the time this podcast airs, the Badass Direct Sales Mastery podcast airs, yours will be up and running and ready to go because you guys are already going through the approval process with with Apple and Google and everybody. So, so make sure you guys go listen, please, please, please go listen. And Janine and I are already talking about me going and being on their podcast as well. So you're going to get to hear me too. And you do have a giveaway for everybody. Yes. So we have the first chapter of the Flip-Flop CEO and the welcome of Does the Shoe Fit that are available for your listeners. I love it. So everybody, if you want to go read the first chapter, she's got a download link. We've put it in the show notes. So you, all you have to do is get on your phone, scroll to the show notes and, and click on that link to go find the first chapter of Flip Flop CEO and Does the Shoe Fit? So we've got both of those links on there. And if you want to reach out to Janine, uh, you said email is the best way for you. Would you tell everybody your email address? Janine, J-A-N-I-N-E at the flipflopceo.com. Oh, so easy. And of course, we're going to have that link in the show notes for everybody too. So all you have to do, click on the link, send her an email, let her know what you thought of today's episode and let her know what you think of the book. After, especially if you get, if you decide after reading the first chapter that you want to get the whole book or the whole audible or the whole Kindle or whatever you're going to do. And I'm sure she'd really appreciate it if you let her know how you plan on using the book. And you do have a Facebook group as well where people can go join and and you know continue to to talk more about the 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 books and and network marketing in a positive light. Yes. So the Flip-Flop CEO has a Facebook page and every day uh, we have posts that you know I would love to have more people share the posts. They're always about they're typically about something that's brilliant about network marketing, something, you know, the positive. And so oh. It just, you know, maybe will intrigue someone to know more about what is the flip-flop CEO and, you know, and do their research and start to fall in love with this business just like we do. Oh my gosh. I love it. Now, as you're talking about this, it's so funny how some random things sometimes pop up in our heads, right? So another podcast host is getting ready to introduce me to Jordan Adler. Do you know the name? I okay. do. And yep. We're having, he's one of the scheduled guests that we have for our podcast. I love Jordan and his book. I I haven't read his book yet, but based on my, my friend, she was like, Oh my, she had him on, on her show. And she's like, I told him he already needs to be on your show too. (laughs) So, so 
So I was like, oh, I wonder if she knows Jordan. So that that's good to know. So now now we get to tag him and, and be like, hey, we got a couple people who want you on their show. <laughs> so well, thank you, Janine, for for taking the time to be here. And and again, between the two of us, I think we can really begin to make a difference in the in how network marketing is going to pe- be perceived out in the world. Thank you so much. I am so grateful that our paths crossed and that I've gotten to know you and that you're on the same mission as I am. And, you know, we just have to lock arms and, and, and make it our mission to change the perception of this amazing business model. I, I definitely agree. And I really look forward to working with you and, and finding different ways that we can help support people in network marketing, improve their business, improve the perception out there. So that way they're not having, hopefully our, our daughter's daughters, as they say in Mary Poppins, our daughter's daughters won't have to fight this, right? You know, someday we're going to be able to make that shift because people don't feel that way about, you know, other businesses. So why this one? Just because a few bad apples, right? So everybody, again, go check out the first chapter of the Flip Flop CEO and does the shoe fit at the link in the show notes and stay tuned for the next badass episode. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.